0: I really want to see Venom just because I hear it's not very good. Oh, it looks so bad. Mm. What a baby face, toby Maguire looks like there,
1: though. Yeah.
0: What a weird choice for Spider Man thing is, as bad as people say Spider-Man 3 was. At least it's memorable. Yeah. I bet more, that's more than you can probably say about the amazing Spider-Man
1: films. Mm. I didn't watch them. Neither did I. Oh, I no, not
0: <laughs> But doesn't that say something in itself, guys?
1: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I've just, yeah.
0: I was telling David, I think, about when I got my PSP, you know, the, the handheld, the first Sony handheld they put out. Yeah. And it came with a UMD that was their uh, their kind of special format of Spider-Man 2. And I remember oh, me and yeah, my cousin. I remember they
1: came with them. Didn't it come with the bo- like, boxed in with
0: it? Yeah, yeah. I and remember I remember that. me and my cousin sat at a wedding watching Spider-Man 2 <laughs> <laughs> on UMD. That I don't know whose cool. wedding it was, but I remember that Spider-Man 2. That was amazing. It was good. Come on, then. Let's do a podcast. Right. What have we got? Well, I'll start by introducing us, shall I? My name's Joe. That's David. You can't see him, but I'm pointing at him. And we've also got Adam in the room. And welcome to the Unraveling Technology <laughs> Podcast, episode 113.
2: Uh, Everybody good?
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. Great. Let's stop messing around and talk about some news. <laughs> you are... I've got a weird energy today. Because I'm off tomorrow, so this is technically my Friday. I'm in an extra good mood. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm going to take, I'm just taking some, taking taking a bit of me time. Probably going to also do some editing. Oh, cool. For our uh, adventure. That makes it sound suspect. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, it's a short short horror film (laughs) competition. We were actually, we were around at David's uh, filming the scene for it yesterday, yeah. where, which involved some fake blood, which I, I made myself out of what was it? Golden syrup, um, flour, and red food dye, and a little bit of water. Did it look good? It looked good. Didn't taste good. No, I bet <laughs> not. I'll tell you something though, because we were saying at the end of it, well, that t shirt's going to have to get thrown out. But actually, put it through the wash. Good as new.
2: Nice. really yeah i'm oh, impressed so i can
0: recommend that recipe
2: i was a little bit relieved i have to be honest when we'd finished filming and none of our floors or uh chairs or anything had red food dye all over
0: yeah I, d- I thought that was my number one aim i thought even if i don't get the best shot possible even if i'm not spraying it all over the walls <laughs> gotta bear in mind this is someone else's house and they probably don't want red food dye everywhere <laughs> <laughs> but yeah anyway hopefully that'll come together I'll to put a link up to it when yeah. it's
1: done. Yeah. If it's good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what they say. It's, it all comes together in the edit. Yeah. So hopefully we'll be fine. Um First story I've got today is from Vice, from Motherboard on Vice there. IT techie part. I think I always qualify that when I talk about Vice Motherboard. But yeah, it's about it poses the question is th- all the different ways that you can watch content these days, all the different streaming services, pushing people back towards piracy. And this is based on a, uh, global internet phenomena report by, uh, by that was conducted by
2: a group of people. Sandvine.
0: Yeah. I do not know. If
2: sand, is Sandvine a person or a, a thing. It's a, uh, it's a group company. I don't okay. know. Um, it's a combination. It's like a the new Sandvine is a combination of the former Sandvine and Pro <laughs> businesses. Okay, uh, right. They say in their marketing. they if you click through to the report, it's very glossy and full of colours and pictures and it's got animation look, in it. No, but ah. it like if it was printed off. You know, you could you could print this off into a nice magazine and it'd be interesting to flick through. It's a nice piece of work. Sweet. Well, Didn't have time to read the whole thing. <sighs> Some bedtime
0: reading, perhaps. But one of the stats that they point out is that in 2011, 52% of upstream traffic, so internet that's sent from fixed broadband networks, so, you know, from, from your house, say, traffic that you were sending was BitTorrent or Torrent traffic. Not you specifically, Adam. You were probably only like a tenth of that. (laughs) You're you're a small portion of that. Uh, And that went down in 2015 to 26%. So it looks like there was a steady decline in BitTorrent or torrenting, some of which was probably legitimate. It's a legitimate platform in and of itself. But, you know, a lot of people use torrenting to to pirate media. The the other thing is that you might find that with things like VPNs, a lot of this isn't actually recorded properly because people obscure their their footprints, etc.
2: Probably a growing use of VPNs and things like the Tor browser and stuff to hide people's traffic a bit more. So, yeah, But even so from 2011 to 2015, that's basically halved the percentage of traffic, yeah. isn't it? That's quite the drop.
0: And the correlation seems to have been in a lot of people's minds that as streaming services become available, people aren't tethered to these cable packages anymore, so they're able to go and conveniently sign up for Netflix and be able to just watch stuff on there. And that's kind of a, a prevailing theory that convenience... Is what people look for, and that people won't pirate if they can conveniently get something. But this article goes on to say that recently, when this study was done, they found that torrenting traffic had gone back up. So from twenty six percent, it was now accounting for like low to mid thirty percent of traffic.
2: Thirty two percent in the Middle East, Europe, and Africa. Mm. From from which year? Sorry, which
0: year? From two thousand and fifteen, where it was twenty six. So here we are three years later, 32. So not a massive difference, but if you trend that on a graph over time, maybe that maybe it's indicative of something. Mm. If you had enough data points, but the reason that they suggest it is, is that what with so many competing streaming services now are we kind of back in the same boat we started with? So a lot of people say that streaming was great because you pay a price and you can you don't have to buy into these packaged cable subscriptions where you get 10 channels you do want and 60 you don't and you just get your one streaming service but they're saying that now cuz it's split out are you just are, is it the same thing are you paying for 6 7 streaming services and is it just the same thing just over the internet instead of over satellite dish
2: because literally everybody's launching their own streaming service now oh. um, and everyone yeah. not only are you getting things like for instance Disney is about to launch their own therefore it's pulling all of its Disney stuff off Netflix mm. so it's splitting existing platforms but also the big sort of gold rush I guess the the way to establish your brand new streaming service that you have the company have just built is to build your own or film your own platform exclusives. So Your own catalogue. They're listing things like um, Game of Thrones on HBO, House of Cards on Netflix, The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu, Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime. So if you wanted to watch all of those things, you would have to buy all of those packages. Yeah. And everything's just split again. So rather than just being like a two-horse race with Netflix and Amazon Prime that we've been used to for a while... Now everybody else is coming up with stuff and it's it's probably gonna get worse as well because all the big cable providers are losing out on cable subscriptions, so they're all about to launch their own, you know, streaming service as a replacement.
0: Yeah. Is it 2020 well, where I think they're expecting all major kind of all major players to have their own streaming service? 2022, e- yeah. 2022. Even like Disney as a case in point, even then there's talk you won't find all of their stuff on their platform because they're also majority, majority stakeholders in Hulu. And there's talk of splitting the content between those two. So there, you're, you're fragmenting your, your user base even more. Okay, I mean, this kind of brave subscription service future is a bit of death by a thousand cuts already, to be honest. I mean, most people have got a few on the go. Adam, what subscription services are you?
1: Um... Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um my girlfriend has Amazon Prime so I use hers. Yeah. Uh
0: what about like music and that?
1: My sister has Spotify so I use hers. <laughs> There's like family packages. So we kind of sp- spread it across a few yeah. different people rather than one person having them all. So like we'll all share each other. We'll all add each other as users or whatever.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Mm. But even so, a lot of them use things like geolocation and uh, device limiting now, don't they? Uh, most of them you can't have more than so many concurrent people using that account. Mm. But I think Sky, whatever it's called, Sky... Now TV. Is, oh, well, oh, oh, actually, it might be Sky Go. Yeah. Well, yeah. So
1: I use, but I think Now TV is owned by Sky. Yeah. So but... I've, I've got Sky Go through my parents, uh, but then Now TV is something different. But that is all the Sky content, I think.
0: Yes. Yeah. I think that's right. This guy, yeah. I Again, I dip in and out of it, but yeah, I've got the same. And then also you've got things like um, video game, so like Xbox Live or PlayStation. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: The...
0: Spider-Man that's just and... come
2: out is uh, PlayStation exclusive, isn't it?
0: Yeah. So even if you wanted to, well, that's a whole different thing yeah. about whether you own both consoles or not. But yeah, potentially you could have... Two subscriptions there. You might have things like software, so Office or Adobe. It's just a lot of outgoings. And I think most people, looking strictly at video or maybe video and audio, you're going to have two, maybe three subscriptions. Like I've got Netflix, Spotify, Amazon, but that's more of a prime subscription bonus, really, Mm. rather than actively wanting it. And I think most people are going to, at a certain point, say, no more. And maybe that's why you see more people going back to, because it's it's the exclusive content, isn't it? Yes. Like I could get my Netflix, but I'm not going to get Jack Ryan on Netflix, so I need to get that elsewhere. And there's always going to be
2: people who rip that and put it online. So, there's an entire page in the um, in this report that talks about Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, because that. That's something that's traditionally come out in America and not been available in Europe um, so and they talk about um, BitTorrent traffic and the amount the over 30 percent that they've seen uh, and they they call out the fact that they were measuring in a period where there was no new Game of Thrones season because apparently it's a significant increase in the amount of BitTorrent traffic of people who um, the new Game of Thrones comes out in America, people upload it and then people in the Europe um, download that over BitTorrent in order to watch it because there's no other way of actively watching it in Europe. Right, yeah. And that being such a big show that everybody or nearly everybody wants to watch and wants to watch as it comes out is a major contributor towards piracy.
0: Yeah, and even, say, Hulu their content. I think they split it out and so you've got Hulu normal, but then there's Hulu live or Hulu premium or something. So if you want to watch a show live or you want to get it as soon as, then that's an extra bolt on rather than waiting to the end of the series. Mm. And yeah, I don't think that we as a society are very good at waiting for things these days. So, so everyone just goes and pirates it. I see Netflix is... Netflix was a consumer-friendly version, and now you've got all these unfriendly Mm. versions who just seem to be taking a piece of Netflix pie. And it's not Netflix's fault. I mean, I think Sony drove the price of of their content up so much that Netflix couldn't afford it Mm. so that they can go and make their own competing thing. But, yeah... I'll tell you what else gets me as well. Um, When they take stuff down, when you're halfway through watching it. And again, it's licenses and maybe that's why Netflix only have their, they have so much original content because you can't take that from us. This is our original content. Yeah. Whereas if Adam's watching friends, if he's having a friends marathon and they tear it off Netflix halfway through, then yeah, maybe you would go and try and source it from yeah.
1: Pirate Bay or wherever. Well, I wouldn't because... Well, I mean, of course yeah. not. But, you know, <laughs>
0: if you were less morally, you know, yeah. good. But the same thing with game services. So Xbox, on top of the live subscription, they have, for instance, Game Pass, mm-hmm. which is where you can download and play games as if it was a, a subscription service. And PlayStation do that as well. They've got PlayStation Now. And that's typic- that's been streaming, but now you can download games in much the same way. But again, if if that games are coming in and out of service so much, you know, you don't yeah. want to be left halfway through your 100-hour game.
1: Do, uh, you th- do you think that the increase in uh, torrent traffic could be attributed to things like higher quality, higher definition uh, video? I don't know if they... Does it mention
0: any breakdown of what, it, like, IP endpoints compared to bandwidth or anything like that um because i,
1: I think because there's no I, I do probably think that that is why i see, it does kind of grow it, exponentially, no real uh, doesn't there's it? no real like explanation there's no real evidence as to that do i guess
2: I, mean? I guess the thought would be um so they don't they wouldn't be able to see um kind of you know the difference between a couple of downloads versus one bigger download, but I think because they're talking percentages, the idea would be if all content is generally getting you more frequently in higher definition, that's probably going to cover things like YouTube and Netflix traffic as well as BitTorrent. so traffic on a whole would be increasing and the percentages I guess should stay roughly the same mm. like it'd be unlikely if if somebody's got you know a 4k rip of whatever the latest Netflix show is then it must be available in Netflix in 4k um i don't know there might be some difference in there like people might be downloading that might the the file that everybody's seeding might be the 4K version of it, but not everybody might have the ability to watch it in high, that kind of definition, that 4K definition. Although they usually
0: have things like encoding like H.264, H.265. You, you can cram quite big files down into smaller sizes without sacrificing much of the quality of it. But what they often do is with video games as well, because video games these days are massive. So I think the new Red Dead Redemption is, what, 100 gigabytes, I think it's going to be at install?
2: I think it's higher than that. Maybe 110? A little, a little bit, yeah, somewhere like that. Yeah.
1: What? That's think, mental. Isn't it, Josh? So uh, hang on a minute, though. Does, would that, If you bought a physical copy of that mm. and installed it on your machine, would it still be? That's a great copy because, I mean, dual-layer DVDs of, what, 48 gig? Is it?
2: Uh, that's, well, a, that's a really good it's question blue, actually blu-rays isn't it that yeah. it'll be on because I blu-rays. think
1: well I think my playstation's only 128 gig so right.
2: <laughs> better start <laughs> deleting I <things>. <laughs> Uh I know I don't know I'm going to find out how big blu-ray discs
0: yeah but that's a good point
2: but what you'll often I find is I wouldn't be surprised if well it might come on multiple discs um, so 25 gig is the rough ballpark uh, dual layer at 50 gig so, so, that's so not gonna work, it's not going to work is it? Well it, it's once installed so it will have stuff compressed on the disc that then expands out on the drive but even yeah. so I wouldn't be surprised if it was a two disc thing. Or if you had to have the internet to supplement that. Yeah there might there might just be you know half the game on the disc and then you have to download a patch but mm. you can't imagine them forcing you to do a 50 gig download can you? <laughs> Yeah, a, it wouldn't be the first time, I guess. Yeah, that that kind of things happened. So what's uh, what's crazy is I was reading a discussion about
0: this the other day was Mario sixty four. That game is like six megabytes. I think <laughs> that's <laughs> crazy. If you consider that compared to Red Dead Redemption, which is uh, Redemption two, which is a hundred and ten gigabytes. <laughs> And I think a part of this, and we were discussing this a couple of weeks ago, was people just get away with it because they can. Yeah. You know, there people aren't putting in the legwork to make these things smaller because there's no real need for it. Yeah. You know, everyone's got lots of bandwidth, well, over here anyway, and everyone's got the space for it, so let's just get on with it.
2: And it's not um. so much just making things smaller. It's like in in the past, in the days when you had physical limits on, you know, if we want to have a bigger chip that stores our data in our, in our Mario 64 cartridge, it's going to cost us X amount more money per uh, cartridge that we manufacture. Therefore it's going to be, you know, it's going to impact us to like thousands, tens of thousands of whatever dollars yeah. just to increase the amount of space we use. Um, so they would have, these hard limits so they would get really creative with reusing textures and things and just basically cram everything down into what can we artistically get away with whereas now you don't if you don't have that limit so why not have you know 10 different grass textures for this particular part of the map because it looks marginally better you probably won't actually notice it unless you're really looking but if you are really looking you'll notice it and you know, we've got no disk limit. We've got no size limit, so let's do it. I think about reusing textures is going to lead him in wonderfully into the next story. Are you all right? Do you need us to close I'm the blinds. a blind, little bit blinded David? by the sun gleaming off the okay, off window. Okay, keep going.
0: Keep staring the shit. <laughs>
2: were you just about to lean in? lead into the next section?
0: Well, what I was going to say is... Um, What you'll often find, at least on the kind of pirate video game piracy side, is that you get things called repacks, if you're familiar.
2: Okay. So repack
0: will be when you take a game, such as Red Dead Redemption, that's 110 gigabytes, you either compress or you take out everything that's not needed. So pull out the online component, compress the the 4K videos, things like that to try and get it down to a reasonable size. Okay. So when you're talking about BitTorrent traffic, whether it's games or movies, you're probably talking about less bandwidth than would be required for like the legitimate product.
2: Sure. Okay. So I guess that's another answer to your question then, Adam. Mm. Oh,
1: tell
0: me when the sun's out your face.
2: Not at all. You have managed to shrink the <laughs> shrink the blinds to exactly in, just uh, circle the bit of uh, shining light. That's Great. It.
1: <laughs> this the
2: blinds are closed and I'm still blinded
1: your...
2: sure that'll yeah. do yes that leads
0: us quite nicely into the next story uh, this one is and the, <laughs> this really is something because at first I kind of saw this surface level and I thought oh well that's pretty good I guess he you know did some he, he took some about. shortcuts to get this working but actually what this guy's done is pretty incredible. Have you seen this video about the Minecraft Pokemon
1: thing? I watched it this morning, yeah. Isn't it crazy? It's mental.
0: So for anyone that doesn't know, Minecraft a game loved by millions. So it's a game where you can build houses, mine rocks and minerals in a blocky world. It's it's kind of like a it's a virtual sandbox, isn't it? And it's got its own kind of ecosystems and mechanics. So, you know, you can you can harvest materials, you can go on go on adventures and it's expanded a lot as a game over the past few years since Microsoft bought bought out the original developers. But there's a guy called Mister Squishy,
2: probably oh. not his birth name.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he uh, he's made this this thing. He's basically taken Pokemon Red, which is it's
2: a Game Boy game from. I don't know, in
0: the 90s? Yeah, I think, I think it's having its 20-year anniversary this year, Pokemon Red. It's a 20-year-old game for Game Boy. He's taken it and he's entirely recreated it within Minecraft. So the video that starts with this video is uh, it's a guy who's talking to Mr. Squishy. He's, he's giving a tour. So in, in, you can build these big structures in Minecraft so people often recreate things like cities. So talking about Game of Thrones, like there've been lots of people designing King's Landing in, in Minecraft. So it starts with, uh, it's a big arena that he's built and it's got these big uh, Pokemon designed out of blocks. Looks very impressive. Mm-hmm. But then you've got one of the Pokemon who's holding a Game Boy. What he proceeds to do is show that he's created this this entire game, so that it runs on this little Game Boy that one of the the structures is holding. And the way he's done it is, Minecraft's got kind of a rudimentary programming system built into it, basically, hasn't it? So it started off with things like switches. So you could flick a switch and you could have a, a line of redstone that's basically like a wire, and that could change the state of
2: another object to on or off you had uh torches that would kind of like they produce power but if they had power run to them they would turn off and you could combine those with the redstone which is essentially wires and produce a knot gate like a logical knot gate mm. and then from that building block like my, I've never really dug too far into the whole logic gate stuff, but you can essentially build every other logic gate using these very simple components. And if you can build logic gates, then you can design logic and you can build circuitry and so on. So there's been like years and years ago, we've seen people build like calculators, Calculators, even things like graphing calculators, Mm. um, in Minecraft, just using this very simple sort of logic. But Since then, they've expanded it slightly and added in these things called command blocks. Which, from what I can tell, I've not, I don't think I've played Minecraft since command blocks have come in. At least I've never, never been aware that they've been in there. But you can stick in, I think, a single line of code into every single command block. That um, basically you can, it's just like writing a single line. Uh, And then you can combine multiple ones to form a Big massive program so he's he's used these command blocks that's his kind of his logic processing yeah but then it's it's doing things like he's built out the entire game map in different so minecraft being based out of blocks. Um, there's all these different types of materials. So he's constructed the game map out of blocks of individual materials, which are then read by these command blocks to figure out what each block translates to. For instance, you know, you might have a, I don't know, a bush sprite Mm -hmm. is represented by a bit of white wall here. So he, he'll put down all the bush sprites in white wall in his sort of mock-up of each world. And then that'll get read in and the player's position will get kind of tracked around so that it can figure out whether or not they're allowed to move places. And it's just unbelievably complicated.
0: It's kind of like in sci-fi when you envision. So the way he reveals it is you've got this, he's created this big Pokemon stadium with these big sculptures on one of them holding the Game Boy. And then he says, let's go and have a look at the guts of it. He goes down to the bottom of this big stadium and knocks away a block on the floor, which then, which is concealing the guts, basically the the engine, all of the code there, all of the command blocks all of the layouts, all of the everything. And it's just these massive stacks of jagged blocks because cause Minecraft, it's it's all blocks. Everything's yeah. a block. Everything's like this. So it's just these massive strings of blocks that have no apparent value or anything like that.
2: It's kind of free floating there in 3D space.
0: Yeah, but you could go down and you could tap on one of the blocks and it will show the line of c- code that's on there and all the other lines of code around it and leading up to it.
2: And he's talking about knowing what each individual mass of code blocks does. So they're like, okay, what's this one? Oh, well, that's the that whole section there is controlling the animations when they're fighting, when the Pokemon are fighting or the enemy Pokemon are fighting. And Mm -hmm. you've got some of these bits, the spiky up bits here are because some of them have like, um, secondary attack animations and he's got like Um, this big grid of sort of red and green wool that is tracking which upgrades they're allowed to have. And yeah, it it basically is like physically mapped out in this kind of virtual world, this physical representation of all of the programming code and all of the logic that goes into Pokemon Red, the game.
0: Yeah, what he's had to do as well is, because in Minecraft you can have texture packs, so you've got default Minecraft, and this is what grass looks like. This is what, you know, wood looks like. And you can bring in your own texture pack. So if you wanted to make a uh, texture pack that looked more like was more steel and metal, then you could build your own, and then you could be walking around your metal building and stuff. What he's done is he's figured out that for every... Uh, some some of the, uh, the, the tools in the game, so axes and swords things like that, they each one has, is it 1,500 states or 1,500 ways that it can, ways of being. So every time you hit something with a, with a a sword, it degrades slightly and it might degrade in increments of 10, might degrade in increments of one, depending on what kind of a sword it is. So whether it's a diamond or, or a wooden one and What he says is you can actually attach a different texture value to every one of those 1,500 states. So when he's trying to put up a graphic on the screen, he can go away and he can take a little graphic from Pokemon Red, so a bush, say, or a a Pokeball, and he can give that a reference that's somewhere on this 1,500 grid of sword degradation states... So when he needs to call a bush, he can say, okay, please refer to Diamond Degradation State 105, that's a bush.
2: And because you've installed the this texture pack that basically swaps out all of the swords and the axes and all of that, all of those graphics with graphics from Pokemon Red, what gets drawn on this big, massive Game Boy screen looks like Pokemon Red. Yeah,
0: and it does. But you can tell that he's not just imported it from an emulator. You can see... Little idiosyncrasies, like the blocks all shifting a bit when
2: the character moves. Or. or just like part of the screen just takes a fraction longer to update than everything else. Yeah. but
1: What is the point? I knew you were going to say that. What, It's <laughs> such a waste of time. It, what did he say? Like two years nearly? Uh,
0: I think 21 we 20, one months. Yeah, 21 months. Like, uh, but he, he, he says he just did it for uh, something to do in his downtime.
1: Wow, I mean, most people just watch Telly, don't
2: they? That's exactly. Most people sit there and watch Telly, they sit there or and watch just play the bad. game maybe, that's already been coded. There's just such a maybe of he time. is fed up of the number of streaming services, yeah, and having to pay not going to pay for all these streaming services anymore, just going to buy me a copy of Minecraft you and know, I'm going to spend 21 months rebuilding a game from you my know childhood. What I
1: would love is, is if Nintendo made him take it down.
2: <laughs> it would be such a Nintendo thing to do. It They're would, yeah. really not keen on. I love on it. ROMs I might report reporting.
0: I mean, at that at that point where you've completely from the ground up rebuilt it, could would they even have a? Would they have a, a claim
1: to yeah, make? Yeah, of course you've replicating their intellectual property, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. I suppose,
0: yeah. But
1: yeah, I don't know. I, I, there's a lot of
0: on the discussion online from people saying pretty much your standpoint is like, oh, this is a massive waste of time. Why bother? I mean, this is not going to have, you know, there's not many, not many jobs out there where people are clamoring for people to recreate Pokemon games in, in, in Minecraft.
2: Yeah. We need people who are fluent in C Java or Minecraft.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hmm. But the point is, if you have the, if you have the mental capacity to do that, you probably have the mental capacity to do whatever else. Yeah. No, no, And why does it have to have any kind of end value? I mean, Mm. if, uh, why can't it just be
1: art? Is it not art? Yeah, look, I'm not saying it's not impressive. Mm. I just think it's a big old waste of time. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you could
0: recreate, I don't know, Overwatch in Minecraft. Yeah, eh? that'd be a laugh on it. Yeah. I wouldn't wonder. I'd rather just play Overwatch. Yeah. David's got a key now.
1: Have you? Yeah, David's got a key,
2: so David can now play with us. Get good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to play it once, and I'm going to be (laughs) like, what is the point of this? Why do you guys like this so much? That's what everybody says. I'm going to go back to playing Pokemon Red in Minecraft. (laughs) Play Minecraft, yeah. Minecraft
0: does have a load of tools. Like, there's third-party mods like TechIt. I think TechIt's quite an old one. I'm sure there's new ones now, where you can have all these advanced features like bots that can go and mine stuff for you. So people have kind of made made methods of of making this kind of stuff easier, but he hasn't used any mods at all. He's just used the tools that are available in Minecraft. No shortcuts. Seems to have just written it out all himself over 21 months
2: for fun. Basically, the only thing that's stopping you going and playing it is you have to download this texture pack first, but then you can just, you know, download, download the world that he's made, import it into your copy of Minecraft, and there it is yeah you don't need any anything no mods or anything apart from swapping those textures out yeah
0: but it's worth worth watching
2: the video yeah just, watch just watch the video if, if nothing else because yeah just the kind of visual representation of a essentially a, the logic of an entire game mm. is just really cool to see yeah yeah in blocks in physical form that's something out of sci-fi
0: yeah it's really something and uh, the last thing that we've got to discuss is a video that I was watching the other day there's a great subreddit called mealtime videos and it's uh, it's kind of videos to watch while you eat basically they're all like 5 to 10 minutes long maybe a bit longer and uh, this was one that popped up so it was hot. I was I uh, was watching it and it's talking about USB-C you know USB-C
1: right I wasn't familiar with it I'm, I mean I've obviously seen it but I didn't know didn't mm. really know what it was about okay well I it's, much like USB
0: as a whole, I think it's meant to be some kind of, I mean, it's in the name, Universal Serial Bus. It's meant to be a kind of kind of catch-all. One-stop cable. Yeah, it's a super cable that you can use for, for every and, and anything. I kind mean, of today, like a
1: lightning cable for Apple. I kind of like the lightning cable,
0: yeah, but better and first. <laughs> so you've got... USB at the moment, you can hook up printers, you can hook up your hard drives, you can power things, you can I guess they do USB audio, don't they? You can yeah. get USB to do
2: you can USB C will do like video, audio, data, power, all sorts. That's that's the idea. You'd have one. Potentially, it's supposed to pave the way for you having one connector and one port on your device and then being able to push everything through it. So Regardless of what you want to plug in, if you want to charge your phone, yeah, your phone has a USB-C on it. If you want to charge it, you plug it into the USB-C. If you want to listen to audio on it over cabled headphones, you plug your USB-C cables into or your USB-C adapter mm. into it. If you want to push video out over it, you can do that over USB-C. You can, anything anything you possibly want. You don't need a video port out. You don't need an audio 3.5 mil audio jack anymore you don't need a dedicated charging connector it's all one thing plus it's uh reversible which yeah, is yeah yeah everybody's number one bugbear with usb is the fact that you it takes you three tries to plug it in every single time yeah um and this is this plugs in both ways up and is also small uh and more sturdy than the previous small versions of the sort of USB micro and yeah those connections it's the last last cable you'll, you'll ever need
0: so HDMI for video for instance i think HDMI 2.0 or 2.0 sorry is something like 18 gigabits per second bandwidth whereas USB-C can in its kind of thunderbolt iteration take up to 32 think so. It's, it's the fastest. It's the best. But what this video is talking about is that there's so much, so much diversity within just this one type of USB-C that it's never got round oh, so far. And granted, it might be in its infancy. I mean, it's taken, you know, it's been around a few years. There's so much iteration there that it's just become a bit of a, a living nightmare. So... Different cables do different things. You might have a USB C cable that comes with, I don't know, your Nintendo Switch, say, to charge it, but that can't do video or audio pass through. Or you might have a cable that could only do one of those
2: things. Or it might do it, but not as well as a different cable because different cables might be tuned towards this one's better for data, this one's better for passing power.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, there's so much in the USB spec. There's so much that it's been interpreted a thousand different ways by different manufacturers. So, like um, the Nintendo Switch, for instance, uses USB C port, but apparently it's not USB C compliant. So, on some USB power supplies, it can overdraw power by up to three hundred
2: percent. There was that spate. I don't know. don't know if you remember this, but I think I, I was I was aware of USB C coming out and starting to take off around the time I got my Pixel phone, so I guess two years ago-ish, which has got USB-C on it for charging. And I remember at the time Google putting out a kind of warning that a load of kind of cheap manufacturers, or manufacturers of cheap cables, were putting out these USB-C cables that said USB-C on the box but didn't follow the standard... Because USB-C cables are supposed to have a a resistor in them Mm. and a little bit of basically what they're supposed to do is be able to detect the port that you plug them into and figure out whether it's a full USB 3 port or whether it's an older USB 2 or 1 port and then the amount of power that they draw through the cable depends on what port they're plugged into because the newer versions of usb can pull more power whereas the older versions of the port they're limited to i don't know i think it's four amps something like that but the point being that these cables were lacking the required resistors so people were plugging their brand new say pixel phone into an into their laptop, and it was frying the motherboard because it was pulling it was trying to pull at the full power the full wattage out of the laptop, and the laptop motherboard was not built to deal with that, and it was just causing all kinds of problems mm-hmm. so yeah, people, even when specs exist out there with kind of this is what you need to do, people don't always follow them, they cut corners, yeah. It's a bit of a design
0: by committee. The power delivery specifically, yeah, I think has been a bit of a problem because I think it's been designed from a software point of view more than a hardware. So as you say, trying to detect and then supply the recommended power rather than using kind of like hardware
2: fail-safes. They might have fixed it now. I don't know. I mean, I've not heard anything more about that. If you're doing USB-C to USB-C, you're fine. And if I believe if you're doing USB-3 to USB-C, it's probably also fine. I yeah. think it was more the kind of buying a cheap USB uh, kind of standard original big s- rectangular plug to USB-C adapter and then plugging it into an old laptop or plugging it into a laptop that didn't have kind of on built-in you know, mm-hmm. power protection of its own.
0: The uh, Apple USB-C, so the one that they used on their MacBook thin macbooks is only usb 2 you it's a usb c connector right things like that and then of course there's the whole the whole dongle situation as well so the other thing the video says is laptops get thinner sleeker smaller less ports you have usb c ports on but they don't tell you they don't have an icon to tell you whether it's for video or charging or what but on top of that we've kind of sacrificed usability and instead you're left with a bunch of dongles which is a silly word and it's all a bit a bit daft. Where
1: really. did where did the word dongle come from?
0: I mean, I, I heard dongle before this whole USB C thing. It's definitely been.
1: Mm. I rent. I remember it as like a like a wireless internet dongle. Yeah. You know, yeah. Used to know yeah. Them. That's the first time I heard it.
2: It's yeah. kind of a thing you plug in, yeah. like a little a little box or adapter or something you plug into something else i don't know but yeah the the argument being that oh usb c it's this small little sleek port which does everything that means we can build smaller sleeker thinner laptops and phones and devices with only you know one or two usb c ports on we don't have to have big vga ports and all of this like space taken up with you know audio and video stuff but then you just end up having to carry around a vast array of different adapters for every single thing that you could possibly want to output and that's mm-hmm. if you even have enough USB-C uh, ports on your laptop to be able to do all the things you want to do if you want to charge but also hook up to a projector but also pull things off a you know a portable hard drive you're going to have to you know mm-hmm. have some kind of adapter four-way USB hub, something like that. And suddenly your big, you know, your nice, sleek, thin portable laptop's got a whole bunch of things dangling off the side of it.
0: Mm, yeah. Did you have you seen the the Microsoft Surface USB C adapter? No. Let me show you. Look at that there. All right. It's uh, so Microsoft used some kind of crazy proprietary adapter uh for for charging and i think that's that's like a multi-port isn't it you charge through it you can plug in docks through it yeah it does all sorts that thing there is like a little it's got the little microsoft proprietary one going into this big chunky box from which one one usbc port is coming out that's crazy that's that, huge yeah it's massive absolutely massive looks ridiculous but yeah i mean what is it why is it that Kind of practicality is such an afterthought these days. I mean, technology is meant to work for you, right? The whole point of it is technology is meant to make life easier, but it's kind of, you've got all these concessions in the name of, what, style?
2: Or Mm -hmm. like nickel and diamond people to death? Everyone wants smaller and lighter in their laptops and their phones. I've seen the term
0: uh, rampant minimalism. (laughs) It seems to have taken a hold of the tech industry kind of, back when Apple started doing their thing, uh, kind of making things smaller, sleeker, simpler. Mm-hmm. And you can see that in modern Windows as well. Kind of simpler, more more easier. Not presenting you with lots of menus because menus aren't fun. We're not having fun with menus. Mm-hmm. Well, some people aren't. I love a good menu. But <laughs> I, yeah, I like, you've got modern slate phones, so phones where there's... There's no no buttons on it. No. I was holding my phone the other day and the battery went dead. And, you know, it's got that false touch
1: button. I did this the other day. Yeah. And there's no, like, haptic response. You'd, no haptic response. Yeah, so you like, just think, This is just a there's, brick. There's yeah. nothing.
0: There is nothing. <laughs> I haven't even got a, a button anymore. It's just... Yeah. It is nothing. And, you know, the sleek phones, they're kind of they're, they're too slim, hard to hold, fall out your pocket, not very hard-wearing, practically designed to go into landfill in two or three years. Sorry to rant. <laughs> but yeah, Depressing. depressing. It, it is a bit, isn't it? And it, the guy in the video, he kind of says, well, where can we go from here? How can we start pulling things back in a way? So, one thing he suggests is different colored USB C ports so that people know what kind of devices you can plug in. I feel like, well, that's, you had different shaped ports, didn't you, for USB, like USB B, whatever it's called, the printer one?
2: Yeah, but that wasn't explicitly for printers. I think it just got used. And printers,
0: yeah, I don't know what that was about, but yeah, if you want to, if you want to stop people getting confused, maybe
2: use a different, different shape. But then it's not, you know, it's not one stop cable. It's all, yeah, but it's not anyway, is it? It's all, it
0: doesn't work properly.
2: I watched another video linked off the, uh, that one that was a, I think it's from PC World. It's mm. a guy ranting about the lack of the three point five mil. Headphone jack. Yeah. uh, Getting very upset because he's got a table full of um, modern smartphones and a table, also a table full of um, USB C to 3.5 mil audio adapters. Yeah. And he can plug different combinations in, and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't, depending on which phone it is and which adapter it is. Like it is. All it's supposed to be doing is adapting from one type of port, USB-C, into a very, very well known ages old standard of 3.5 mil audio. But it's apparently not possible to (laughs) produce, you know, just one cable that will work in every situation. Because some of them some of them require digital uh, some of them are digital cables and some of them are analog cables mm. and different phones support digital or analog. And some you have to kind of like, it will assume it's one type unless you go in and tell it, you know, you need to put power into this adapter because there's a there'll be a chip on the, in the adapter itself which needs powering. And if the phone isn't sending it power... The adapter doesn't work and the headphones don't pick up. So you have to manually go in every time you plug uh, that particular adapter into that particular phone. You have to tell the phone, push power to this adapter before your headphones work. And they're also going on about the whole, well, you know, the uh, Apple solution or the solution that I guess all smartphone companies that are moving away from 3.5 mil jacks on their phones is to go to bluetooth but bluetooth is not the big convenient thing that they seem to think it is because for one bluetooth wireless headphones are way 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 more expensive especially if you want a decent pair than wired in headphones yeah and to the kind of use case of you know you're listening to music on your phone and then you need to jump into say a skype call or something on your Laptop, you have to, you know, go and unpair your headphones from your phone and then pair them back up to your laptop. Whereas before, you just, you know, unplug, plug in, done. Yeah. A second, and you moved over. Yeah.
0: Jonathan upstairs has got some kind of a, I don't know, I think his officially licensed Beats, you know, Apple associated Bluetooth headphones can you can press a button and it will send it will connect to another device but yeah it's definitely not a standard
2: yeah there's some some devices i think support multiple connections but again they're very expensive yeah
0: or hit and miss yeah you use a dongle don't you on your iphone adam yeah does it do that thing where you're listening to something and then audio cuts out for a couple of seconds and then it comes back but you get this random stuttery noise
1: no i've never had that really I've yeah.
0: had two separate phones and it's happened on both of them.
1: Oh, no.
0: iPhone 7. And I have Google it, it. And it is like a, it is like a common problem with older lightning, uh, like the iPhone 7, 7 plus. What have you got there? So uh, eight, oh, that might be it. They might've got rid of it. Yeah. But still for that first generation, you get this thing where it just sounded cut off. Then it come back and then you'd have this weird kind of overlapping juddery mm. noise because of this daft adapter
1: yeah i mean it's pretty annoying i mean like i would just use my normal headphones with it but when i'm at work and i need to plug into uh my laptop then i obviously need a an aux an aux cable so yeah
0: i've got two pairs of headphones with me one for my laptop and one for my
1: that's it's a joke in it
0: (laughs) and also you can't you can't charge that if you're using it like oh, yeah, no.
1: Then. I've I've only just encounter. I've only just started encountering that problem. Mm. Like wh- a few times recently, where like I've not been able to charge it, but I wanted to listen to music. But yeah, then you've got to get a wireless charging pad, haven't you? And...
0: Oh yeah. Well, iPhone seven. I can't do that. It's got to be. Can you not? No.
2: That's,
1: that's yeah. ridiculous, isn't
2: it?
0: I
1: know, it?
2: You have to buy a, a dongle for that.
0: <laughs> I'll leave you with this thought that I found. On Reddit, on the mealtime videos uh comments thing, USB C is reversible, reversible, which is nice. Three point five mil is three hundred and sixty degrees reversible, which is even nicer.
2: Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you want to talk reversibility, we can talk it all day. <laughs> I do like. I don't know. There is a certain satisfaction to plugging in a USB C, though. I will say that.
1: Yeah, but. More, more satisfaction than plugging oh, into the uh, okay,
0: yeah, podcast. Adam's favorite part of the podcast is plugging in that big, massive stereo. I mean, what what even do you call those? Guitar know. amp kind of something now, other else. On the, big, on the big mill,
1: on the big heads, yeah, on the big old like can headphones. That's what they are, aren't they? That's yeah.
0: What it so more sound can get through. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Good. Good all right well let's uh, let's leave it at that uh, thank you very much for listening everyone uh feel free to drop us uh, an email if you'd like podcast at unravelingtechnology.co.uk or we're on twitter at unraveling tech we got the blog unraveling.technology and we've got the itunes where you can leave us leave us a big fat five star review if you haven't already uh we'll be back next week as always but uh, enjoy the rest of
1: your week And goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.